So you want to invest in the stock market. Do you invest in individual companies or do you invest in funds that invest in the market as a whole? Stay tuned to find out which is best. Hey guys, welcome to the Money Paradox podcast. My name is James Corsier and we're all about helping you become financially free so that you can focus on what you really want from life. Today's video is all about investing in the stock market and more importantly, how we do it. Do we invest in companies or do we do it elsewhere? Perhaps in a fund that invests in the market as a whole. So the first thing is, why would investing in a company over the market as a whole be a good idea? I'm going to go through some examples as to why people often think it is a good idea. I'll give you my thoughts and then we'll conclude about investing more generally and investing in funds that allow you to invest in the whole market. So first example is an opportunity. People see Amazon, maybe it's undervalued. They see the price, they see COVID happening and shares in particular companies are low value um, and they want to invest at an opportunistic price, okay? Well, the first thing to think about is, well, what makes you think it's undervalued? Is it because the price has dropped from a higher value? Well, maybe that now lower value represents the real value right now. And the key things to be bearing in mind around this is the price in the market reflects everything the market knows. Now, it's not perfect, but it reflects everything that is known okay so if you think it's undervalued by definition you need to be thinking something that is different to the market so you for example need to think something that the market doesn't know if you think something that the market does know you need to be having a different opinion on it than the market as a whole now one thing that does in my experience seem to happen is human behavior overreacting to situations. So when things tend to crash, they tend to crash really hard. They tend to, the values tend to go further down than where they probably need to. The same way when things go up, people get really caught up in themselves. And when they think something's increasing in value, they can often go up higher than it should do. And that's what often causes this short-term debt cycle or the business economic cycles that you see in the stock market. That is something that does seem to happen. But if you're just thinking about, well, I think it's going to be worth more in the future, just think, well, doesn't the market think that as well? And if you think the market is thinking something differently, then think, well, how confident are you that you are better than the market? Okay, now that's fine for you to think that, but how likely is that to be the case? Many studies, in fact, most studies show that the vast majority of people do not beat the market consistently. In fact, there's very few in this world that are able to do it. So yes, some people can do it. Is one of those people you? And if you've not had past experience in being able to get that correct, then what is it specifically that you're holding on to that gives you that confidence 
Okay, really get clear on that before you start to double down in this approach. And one way to be able to do that is to test it. Use examples of investing in things and seeing how it performs. And you want to be doing it with real money because that will bring in the emotional element of the impact of winning or losing money as a result of your investments. The second reason is dividends. So people like to invest in specific companies because they consider their dividends to be much higher and they can live off the dividends or that's a reliable stream of income. First thing I want to say on that is the overall return to companies is from dividends and capital appreciation, the value of those shares going up over time. So really, when you're looking at various companies to invest in, you want to be thinking both because that's how the market looks at it. So if one is assumed to be higher, the assumption is that one, all else being equal, the capital appreciation potential is lower. And that's because ultimately, if a company had really high dividends, but the same chance of it going up in value as other companies, people would want to invest in that over others, push up the price until it equalizes. So if you invest in companies that give high dividends, you're sacrificing something else, like the increase in value of that company. And if you are getting dividends from these companies, often you have to pay fees when you receive those dividends, okay? Because for you to get that dividend, for you to then reinvest it, you'd have to pay money often to reinvest it. And you often have to pay taxes when you receive those dividends, especially if they're in funds. There can be tax consequences, there can be fees consequences. And if you're wanting to just keep that money reinvesting, that causes inefficiency. If you want to receive those dividends, great, that's a great way of receiving funds. But does that is that necessarily better than getting the assumed appreciation of, of the, the shares that you're investing in? And if your reasoning is to do with it being reliable, because some companies pride themselves on reliably giving you dividends kind of every year, but the share price can fluctuate hugely. You never know what's going to come. Nothing is 100% reliable. Many companies in response to COVID-19 or in response to the 2008 economic crash stopped paying dividends or reduced paying their dividends. And these were companies that promised year in, year out, many for decades saying, we will never stop our dividends, we will never reduce it. And yet they did. Because in exceptional circumstances, we have to do exceptional things. So who knows what's going to come down the line in the future. Just because a company reliably pays out dividends doesn't mean it's safe and it's you're kind of always going to get that money. That company might stop existing in the future. We don't know. The next uh, often example I get uh, told or I hear about is investing in a specific subgroup of the market that's supposed to do better. Two common examples at the moment is one, FANG, which is Facebook, Apple and Amazon, Netflix and Google. And these these big technology businesses that are making huge amounts of money, they're growing very rapidly. And so a lot of people like to invest in them because they're getting much better growth than other companies. And they consider those companies as being absolutely amazing and they're always going to do really well in the future. So, of course, 
Um, I want to invest in those because I want to get a better return than other companies. So why waste my time with all these other smaller ones? Equally, tech stocks as well. Technology is the future. That's what everybody's um, investing in. That's where the money is being made. That's where the returns are higher. Let's just invest in technology. Let's not waste our time with all that other stuff. Get better returns. What, what, what's there not to like? But let me give you an example to illustrate the risk in taking this approach. Not that long ago, there was something called the Nifty 50. This was 50 large New York Stock Exchange uh, listed companies back in the 60s and 70s. Very popular way to invest. Back then, people thought, well, look, as long as I just invest in these 50 companies that are like really good, always done really well, strong growth potential, I can't lose. They're always going to do well. And so there was this approach of just buy and hold on these 50 companies. They were considered kind of growth stocks. So many people piled in and invested in these companies. But the trouble was people were investing in these 50 companies just because it was the nifty 50, not because of the underlying reasons of these companies or the fact that the value of that uh, company was good price based on what they were expecting for the future. So what happened was, because everyone's investing in it, the price of these companies went up. So people saw that, invested more, it went up even further, and it created that bubble. And it created this really long bull market where it was doing really well for a very long time. But the trouble is that that was pushing the prices of these stocks up beyond what really was a fair value. So ultimately, in the 80s, they crashed and they got a huge drop in the value. And many people investing in these companies lost a lot of money. So there's a big difference between investing in something because it has an intrinsic value in it and is a right thing to do but just chasing something because it's always going to perform well as soon as you start to think that that is a dangerous thing to think and that's when bubbles start to happen so many of those companies recovered to go on to strong performance they were inherently very good companies but some didn't some never recovered and effectively went to almost no value Right? So there's no one thing that's always going to do well no matter what. Okay, And whenever you start to get into that mindset, you always want to be careful. So FANG doing great now. Tech stocks doing great now. Will they always do well? Who knows? Well, actually, statistics say the likelihood of a company doing well in the future is related to how they do well in the past. But often it's the inverse. If, if certain stocks have done really well in the past, they're actually more likely to do poorly in the future. Perhaps one of the reasons is what we've just talked through. Next example people often give is that they want to invest in companies that are much more mature or safe or they have a very strong moat around them. When I say a moat, I mean that they're protected, that it's very hard for another company to come in and compete with them. So they will always do well in the future. And this is a good approach. You know, you're investing in kind of much safer companies that are less up and down, right? But every company has its time. 
You can't say, oh, well, look, this company's always done well for decades. It's always going to do well in the future. If I just invest in this company, my money is always going to go up. I'm going to do great no matter what. Because every company has its time. It may be in five years, it may be in 50 years, it may be in 100 years, but there's always an end point. And in fact, a recent study done by McKinsey found that the average lifespan of companies listed in the Standard & Poor's 500, so that's uh, five very large companies, one of the top companies listed in the US, was 61 years, okay? So a decent amount of time, but it's not infinite. It's not hundreds of years. It's still 61 years. And this was uh, back in 1958. Today, it is less than 18 years. The average lifespan of a company is 18 years. That's very short if you think about, if you think about it. Even Jeff Bezos uh, is known to say, there is one thing for sure, and that is Amazon will not last forever. There will be a day when it will come that it will be no more. It's just inevitable. Times change. Things change. The needs and demands of this world will change, right? So when you start investing in specific companies and thinking something will always happen, that can be dangerous because you never know what comes out in the future. Before COVID happened, did you think COVID was going to happen? Maybe. Before 2008, the crash happened. Did you know that was coming? No, perhaps not. So always bear in mind what we call these black swan events. History is really helpful. It it really helps us guide what's going to happen in the future. But you never know what is going to happen. Okay. So as you can see, I'm not a massive fan of investing in specific companies. Main reason is that we have to, by doing that, be beating the market. There needs to be a benefit from doing that than investing in the market as a whole. Some people can do it, but very few people can. Do I think I'm good enough to be able to do that? Honestly, no. But there's a lot in me that wants to think that I can. And actually, this is part of human psychology. If you ask 100 people, do you think you're more intelligent than the average person? Far more people than 50% are going to say yes. It's just human nature. It's our ego. So are you investing in companies because you, you've got proven uh, track record, very strong, solid arguments that you can beat the market and it makes sense? Or are you doing it based on gut or because you enjoy investing in specific companies? What is the specific reason and how can you get tangible arguments and evidence for why that is the case? So last thing I'll cover off is funds. So obviously I'm a big fan of funds. Now this isn't to say everybody should invest in funds. Nobody should invest in individual companies. There definitely is a time and a place for investing in specific individual companies. Honestly, I think it's few and far between. And if you've got specific examples of where you think it's a really good idea, let me know in the show notes. I'd, be lo- I'd love to hear that. I'd love to find out why and we can get a bit of a dialogue going. One example might be that you're, it's the company that you work for and you're getting a preferential rate and tax benefits, for example, doing it. That would be a great example. Okay. But funds, for me, I think is definitely the best way to go for most people. Are you a professional investor that understands the market and doing this full time? Probably not. 
Is the market as a whole going to go up in the future? Probably. In the long, long term, almost certainly. It has done for centuries and it most likely will do in the future. If you're questioning that, then you should be questioning individual companies uh, as well, for sure. But if you have a general optimism and assumption that the market will perform in the long run up going forward, then investing in a fund that invests in the market as a whole is for most people the best thing you can do. And within that, you can still be selective. You don't just have to invest in the whole market. Okay, You can invest in UK companies, UK listed companies, US listed companies, developing country uh, companies. You can invest in technology firms or other areas like small companies or large companies. There are different funds that specialize in different areas. So even if you want to do that type of selection, you can still do that within funds. Another great thing about funds is that you allow, you're able to diversify. So say you believe in the market going up. If one company performs poorly, but another one performs well, it calms things down. You're not pot committed on a few companies. And if you don't have a huge amount of money, then being able to invest in lots of companies is very difficult. It's very expensive with the fees. It's more cumbersome because you're having to manage all these different companies. If you just want to invest in the market, you can have one investment, that one fund that does it for you. The great thing as well is that it's very low cost because many of these funds, if they're indexing funds, does it automatically, almost like robotic. It says, okay, well, I just want to invest in the S&P 500 fund. So whatever the 500 companies are at the time in the S&P 500, it invests in that. If one falls away and another one moves in, it will do that automatically for you. You don't have to do that on their behalf. And then lastly, it allows you to invest automatically. So when a company comes out or goes in, it does that for you. And because it is not being done by a specific person, like an actively managed fund, then the costs around managing that, which often is cited as a reason why people don't like funds, are very, very low. In fact, investing in funds now, because it is so popular, so much money is invested in it, these funds are so large that the costs surrounding it are such a small part, it is very, very little. Okay, guys, so in summary, investing in individual companies is popular for a number of different reasons. Because they see an opportunity like it being undervalued, investing in specific companies that maybe, like, for example, give you a high dividend so you can rely on that, investing in specific subgroups like the FANG or tech stocks, investing in maybe companies that you believe are safer or have a moat, are protected from going bad in the future. Many different reasons are used for investing in individual companies. But are those reasons big enough to forgo investing in the market as a whole and the benefits around it? I think usually, most of the time, it's not. There are sometimes specific benefits for doing it, but for the vast majority of people that aren't permanently reviewing the stock market and understanding what's going to do well in the future and so on, aren't going to benefit from doing that. And most people that do do it, including professionals, do not beat the market. 
So are you going to be one of those few? Who knows? Let's see. In summary, guys, being able to invest in funds allows you to be diversified across the whole market and benefit from the assumption the market's going to go up without taking those risks on individual companies. If you've got a different view, I'd love to hear that in the show notes. Feel free to message me directly as well. I'd love to hear from you. If you'd like specific videos covered in the future, let me know. And lastly, guys, if you'd like to see my content going forward each week, feel free to hit the subscribe button. Take care and I'll see you next week. Bye-bye.